Hello, dressage darlings, and welcome to Dressage Conversations, a podcast by the South Florida Dressage Association. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Tammy, and we are so happy you are here. In Dressage Conversations, we talk about all things surrounding the wonderful sport of dressage and how we can become better riders for ourselves and, of course, for the beautiful horses we ride. We hope each episode brings you a little bit closer to your riding dreams and makes you feel empowered to accomplish it all. Now sit back and enjoy, and let's get into today's episode. Okay, we could not start this episode without the most epic intro from, you guessed it, Alicia Dickinson from Your Riding Success. Alicia is a Grand Prix dressage rider with a vast social media following reaching 20 million equine enthusiasts worldwide with her coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Alicia has completed over 5,000 hours of training, riding, and competing at the highest of levels. She has had the opportunity to work with dozens of world-class trainers and international Grand Prix dressage riders. With this knowledge, she creates free education for fellow equine enthusiasts just like us to watch, learn, and feel inspired. Alicia, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. So Alicia, many of us know you as our internet dressage coat, but let's go back in time. How did you get started in dressage? It's a really good question. Um, I always get a little bit um, blown away when I, when people speak to me because I, I forget that I'm semi, semi-famous. 20 million people listening, I think, geez, no, no, how did that happen? I'm just a really normal person. Um, I, I, I lived um, bit on, on a bit of a farm. Uh, I liked horses like every little girl does. I whinged and moaned and asked my parents to buy me one and eventually they bought me like a $200 crazy Arabian thing that used to bolt me down the road and, you know, I'd fall off when it hit the highway. Um, you know, I didn't have a saddle for the first few years. You know, um, I, I'm just a really normal person and um I just uh, I suppose horses were always a bit of an escape for me and I just made my way through the sport um and through all through all the disciplines I suppose and dressage hooked me because it's some it's a formula you know um if you do hacking which in Australia hacking is like modeling for horses you know you've got to have a beautiful horse you have to have all the the right gear the right clothes you know if you're a show jumper you've got to have a horse that can jump um uh, if you're a western rider again you've got a really certain type of horse that it needs to be whereas dressage is almost you know you can turn anything into a diamond and it's completely within your control if you focus on the training scale and the system so for me it was just something that I always wanted to be a diamond I always wanted to be always wanted to win um but I didn't have money so for me it was something that I could control and that's probably how I ended up in dressage that's amazing. I love that. Many yeah. of us actually followed or started following your writing success when Tosh had it. And wow. then your beautiful energy and face came on to your writing success. Like, how did that happen? Was that something that you always wanted, like envision for no. yourself that you're going to start helping people? 
I'd love to say yes because it makes me sound really good, but no, no, not at all. <laughs> what happened was um, I've been friends with Natasha for a really long time and yeah. I've got to be honest, um, the Hay Riding Superstars thing is her thing and I used to cringe every time I heard it. I thought, <laughs> and I used to make fun of her a little and um she had some personal issues a few years ago and she just rang me as a friend and just said look I trust you because I helped her as as a friend and um she said like I really trust you to look after my followers will you just help me and um really that's how it started and I had no concept of the change that I could make to the sport and people and um, and I got hooked. It, it's all of the listeners that really made me hooked and the changes that I could make. You know, I could do one video and it could change somebody's life in a second and, and I had no concept that that was the case. Um, so, you know, I really have Tash to thank for all of that and um, I would never have done this without her, you know. It, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Natasha Altaf because she's awesome. she's back on deck and she's like raring to go so um we're we're doing lots of things together this year it's quite crazy we created this like fear institute where she talks about nlp and i talk about psychology um so she's really coming back but she's coming back less as a an educator and more as a i suppose an influencer to to show you the journey that you're all on, but from a Grand Prix rider's perspective. Yeah, but I have to say, yeah, and you, but you just have such a way of explaining things in such like a a biteable size, right? Like you're able to, like even from the banana, right? Like your explanation of the banana, like you put things into a way that we can just like understand, right? And like, it just comes so natural to you. So it's interesting to see that like, you didn't know you were going to do this, but you're so perfect at it. I have a lot of education in from my from my past life as a, as a corporate person. I know how to educate. Um, I'm also very dyslexic. So um, I have to find myself, that's how I teach myself. I, I have and I have to understand everything even better than the person who educated me. That's how my brain works. So I have a very, very deep, deep, deep understanding. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you say something to me, I don't just go, okay. I, I, I ask questions and I um, argue, really, until <laughs> I actually understand and then I believe you when it makes sense. And so because of that, my understanding of dressage is so deep because actually I need to have that understanding to learn as a human. And because I'm so dyslexic, I have to come up with things that I can see so that it makes sense. Right. So that's where all those that's things That's such amazing come. philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because a lot of times I feel like many of us go through life saying, okay, and we really don't understand the basic concept of what's being said, but we're too afraid to ask questions, right? Like, and that's so important. It's so important to ask questions if we don't understand. So that's and, such an amazing uh, philosophy. Our sport has really created that fear in people. I mean, how many of you have had a coach say to you, don't ask me a question. Who do you think you are? I, I'm your coach. You pay me to do that. Don't yeah. ask me a question. Right. Think, of, like, if you're, think if you're at school and your maths teacher did that, your, your parents would be 
absolutely in uproar about it because it's completely inappropriate. Um, and so it's not just that's how we feel. Our sport has is, is quite an is quite a toxic environment sometimes. And um, mm-hmm. I want to get in there and, and lead by example, not call people out on their bad behaviour, but but make people aware that it's not okay. And so when you do go to a coach and they do shut you down when you ask a question, politely ask again. But if it continues, don't pay them. Go find someone else. You're allowed to ask as many questions as you want. If your lesson is 45 minutes of you standing there asking the same question for 45 minutes, (laughs) it's it's your lesson. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's what I really want to, that's the biggest thing I really want to change is give everyone the power to go, I'm the customer, I'm paying you. If I want to ask you a question 10 times until I understand, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it is. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) Empowerment. I love it. (laughs) So thousands of people come to you worldwide um, for help on dressage. What do you think are the most common challenges that riders face and how are you helping them? Do you know what? Really, this isn't um, this isn't pre-organized, guys. This is just proper luck here. That question feeds so into the last thing. It's it's actually mindset um, and self confidence. Um, you think mm. that it's you know because they um, uh, they're not very good riders or they they need a stronger core or they need a better horse. When I've done my world tours, which all my members get to see me in real life, I do a world tour and I go see them in real life, 87% of people, it's nothing to do with their riding. It's not even that much to do with their knowledge. It's to do with the fact that they've been beaten down by the sport and they've got no self-confidence. They say, yes, 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 yes. They use big words that they don't even understand. So you're here for the lesson, what can I do for you to oh, I want my health to be more connected, be more through, have more energy and jump. Um, and you're like, okay, so what do you mean by that? And they just look at you with this blank look on their face because they don't even know <laughs> what, they, what they mean. So the biggest thing is, is that mental clarity, that, that ability to be a, a, a healthy human being in the mind and be there confident you know the amount of people I have come in and talk themselves down from the word go oh I shouldn't really be here but I thought I'd give it could be here and my horse isn't very good and I'm not very good and it's like don't start there peeps that would be the first thing and then the second thing is just a lack of knowledge people are always looking for this golden ticket of this is why everything's not working whereas generally it's just a lack of basics of the first three parts of the training scale you know people Mm. come to me and say my half pass I can't get my half pass yeah but you don't even have rhythm that's why let's fix that and your half pass will fix as a result of that it's that lack of understanding that if you follow the training scale to an nth degree, collection happens accidentally. The horse offers mm. it. And you'll be going along going, Whoa, oh, my God, that front leg came <laughs> up. How did that happen? <laughs> and it's all about the, 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 last, the, the first three basics. But, 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 but people can't even learn that 
because they don't have that that control of their mind. They're afraid. They're intimidated. They're worried about what other people are thinking. They don't want to ask questions. They don't want to look silly. And that's a little bit the sport's fault because that's what the sport is at the moment, but also a little bit everybody, all of the every, every all the amateurs' fault as well because we keep letting it happen. You know, mm. we have someone bully us and shut us down, but yet stay there for 10 years. Um, I always say to people, imagine if you went to uni and you were university and you want to study to, to be a, I don't know, a, a doctor, okay, and you couldn't, you went to the same lecturer, same university, and for 10 years you couldn't get past the first year and you just kept doing the same thing for 10 years in, a, in an effort to get past the first year. That would be crazy. Mm. Right. Yeah. But we do that with our sport. Right. And that's what I want to help people with. Or we that. just kind of get to a place of like, well, this is where my limit is. This is where my horse's limit is, right? Like yeah. we're like, my horse just cannot. And like, right? Like it's like this balance of like, my horse is not capable. And usually I hear a lot of people do that. Like, I just don't have the right horse. That's why we can't do that. Or it's just like the mindset. It's so, I mean, everything is mindset, right? Um, Which I really want to ask you, Alicia, like what would be the rider's mindset? Like if you had the capability of someone, a student coming Mm -hmm. to you and then you had like a computer, right? <laughs> that plugs into their brain and you are putting literally their mindset going into they're getting on top of the horse. Like, what is that? Firstly, let me let me answer two questions here, right? Firstly, the question about what the horse isn't good enough, pretty much, mm-hmm. guys, if you've got a horse that can walk, trot, and canter for a six to a six and a half, you can at least train it to pre-St. George. Hmm. I'm not telling you that you're going to get 70%, but you can at least do the tempi changes and do the pirouette. It might only be for a six, but you can do it. So that's the first part, right? Grand Prix, yeah, horse quality makes a difference. But up to pre-St. George, if you've got a horse that can walk trot and canter for a six, you're pretty okay. That's the first thing. Second thing, the mindset question, this would be the mindset. When you get on, there is absolutely no such thing as a good ride or a bad ride. It's just information. It's just Mm. information. So you get on your horse and let's say yesterday you could do Piaf Passage without losing rhythm and one tempies on any curved line you could think of and then switch it between one, two, three, four, five tempies and still not make a mistake. Today you get on and your horse goes, I can't even bend left. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a bad word. That is just information. That is just your horse saying to you, listen, woman, I worked so hard yesterday. I'm <clears throat> effing knackered. Give me a day off. And you go, oh, sorry, lovely, let's go for a hack. That might be better. (laughs) All I can say to people is stop trying so hard. What you have on the day is what you have on the day and it's information that you then with the knowledge that you learn 
if it's not from me somewhere else that you learn, you've got a formula, you read the information and you go, ah, my horse is really stiff today. I'm only going to give him a jog day and work on his suppleness. That's not a bad Mm. day. That's just a day. Right. And that would be the biggest piece, biggest thing I'd say to people is take that emotion out of it. The horse doesn't go, screw you, owner. I, you didn't feed, you didn't put molasses in my feed this morning, so I'm going to make the worst ride ever. <laughs> there's no vindictiveness to it. It just is. So there's no, and it's just mm. mechanical. It's just their body. There's no. Yeah thought there's no maliciousness there's no he's being an idiot today there's nothing like that he's hot today I don't believe any of that exists if they're hot interesting that might be a what do you call it a um a symptom of he's got sore muscles or a symptom like tension yeah or he's not feeling very well it's not him going I'm gonna scare her and start spooking (laughs) <laughs> and, and that, that so my horse was so mean to me today he's not a dog they don't have that mental capacity to be able to make those decisions yeah. What's the emotion out of I love that right I love that perspective because I think we do tend to like overanalyze and take things so personally sometimes and you're right like it's just it's just information they're just telling us they're communicating in the best way they can um, but yeah. it is not vindictive. I never think, why can't I? Always think, right. how can I? Mm. Yeah, just always I love think, that. How yeah. can I? How can I do this? How can I make this better? How can I help my horse? And 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 the same and help my horse. That's a really important thing. You can go, my horse, oh, my horse is so blocked to the right. You stupid horse, you blocked to the right. I've got to unblock you. Or my poor horse is blocked to the right. How can I help him loosen up? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, why can't my horse do this? It's how can I help my horse do this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what your yeah. job as a massage rider is, is to help your horse to be able to do certain things, not mm-hmm. force them to do it. But now I have another question for you. So. <laughs> So how, okay. So it's like, why can't, why can't, why can't, right? But now we're asking, how can I, right? Mm -hmm. And then if we have a trainer or we're, we're Googling and all these things and like trying to figure out like how, for instance, how can I get my horse on the bit? But -hmm. then you don't even have the comprehension of what that actually is. And it's actually leading me to, and reminding me that we need to talk about Dressage Institute because I feel like that is something that you guys are doing that really hits it at the root, which is how and solving the how, teaching you how, right? So talk to us a little bit about the Dressage Institute because I just can't take it anymore. We got to know. Yeah. About this. <laughs> so this has to be a little long answer. I hope that's okay. Is that all right? Oh, perfect. Okay. So, so basically, Natasha, she had Dressage Master Academy. Um, which was another um, you know, membership program that taught you dressage. And she did it like every other program out there. It wasn't wrong, but it just says, it just 
spat things out, like make them all through, make them in front of your leg, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When I started, when I took over the YouTube for her and started to help with all the analogies and those sorts of things, she also started to really ask for help as a Grand Prix rider. And her goal was to get from a 60% Grand Prix to a 70% Grand Prix. And um, we got really into it. And I'm I'm quite a direct style personality. So um, I got quite frustrated and said, for God's sake, Tash, I'll just do you some videos just for you so it's at high level. And she's like, oh, okay. So I did her some videos just for her, just specifically for her. And I've been trying to crack Tash for a very long time and I've worked with her in person as well and I've succeeded like I got her from 60 to 70 percent pre-St George but still never succeeded to the point that I wanted to and she watched these few videos and rang me up and I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or not but we're Aussie so we swear right (laughs) and she goes you have to beat this out if you're allowed she goes fuck you, I was watching these fucking videos and I was just about to ring you up and go, this is fucking bullshit. And then a slide came up that said, that had quoted something from the FBI handbook, which was about um, inside leg, outside rain. It was, there's an inside leg to outside rain that has a sweet spot. And unless you get that sweet spot, you're actually causing yourself more problems than if you don't than if you don't do it at all. And um, came up and just our handbook, and she's like, "I would have swore to God until that popped up." And she, I was yelling at the at the screen, going, "Whatever, Alicia!" And then it came up, and I went, "Oh my God, that's right!" And from that moment her whole writing started to change, her whole attitude to the sport started to change. And so from that she said, I am going to delete Dressage Mastery Academy and I want you to do the Dressage Institute because I want, and she's put all of her old members into the Dressage Institute and said, this is what you should be learning. What I did was not wrong, it was just the same as everybody else, which actually doesn't get you anywhere. So what the Dressage Institute is, is this competency-based learning. So it's not me just spitting out a whole pile of information at you to make myself sound good. It's breaking things down. Like there's even episodes about the prerequisite to dressage. So there's about 50 hours of what you need to know or and have before you even start dressage. Describes mm-hmm. to you how to pick your partner. So, for example, if you're a beginning dressage rider, don't go buy a horse that's a nine and it's trot and canter. It ain't going to go good. Get one that's a six and a half. It's going to go better. Um, I explained to you about all the paces. So I get pre-St. George riders turn up that don't know what that the outside hind leg is the leading leg in the canter. And yet they're doing temperature changes. You know, how how is that possible? So what this course does is it teaches you all the things that the top, top riders assume you know. So when, for example, when someone Mm. says, um, you... um, teaches you how to ride a tempi change aid, they assume that you know that the leading leg of canter is the outside hind leg. And you don't know that you don't know that because you don't know what you don't know. And the coach goes, well, they're at pre-St. George. You'd assume they know that, but they probably don't. So I have actually tried to create this program that assumes that you know nothing. So it fills in all of the gaps 
of the knowledge and I've broken it up into sections. And not only on top of that, um, someone really famous did a, did a, um, a masterclass recently and they said, use inside leg to outside rein but not at the detriment to the outside rein, sorry, to the inside rein and the outside leg. Let me say that again. Use inside leg to outside rein but not at the detriment to your inside rein and your outside leg. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like a million different things. So it's not wrong. Yeah. What does it mean? Like it's no. Right. So does it mean ride straight because that's what it kind of means? Like do you just ride both reins the same and both legs the same? Or does it mean, yes, you do ride inside leg to outside rein? There's, it's so coded up that 5,000 yeah. different people are going to, take that in 5,000 different ways. So I try to make it actually understandable and not coded up. And then every single section has a quiz. So you'd have a multiple choice quiz that I say so that so that if I think that you've got out of those videos what you should have gotten out, you should be able to answer those questions. So at the very least, you can do a section and go, yep, I got this. I'm so excited. Do the quiz. Get 5% and go, ah, shit, better watch them again. But at least you know to go watch them again. At least there's something where you can go, I've got the wrong message. I need to ask more questions. I need to watch it under a different light so that you can check and balance mm. yourself and make sure that you understand. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is that, for 20 hours a week, Megan, Megan Smith, she's um, a very long-term friend of mine, and she's actually the first person that I ever did this with just because I, for no other reason other than I just want to help people. And she, when I met her, never competed ever. And within two years, she was doing a test with a flying change and she got just under 80%. Wow. And she's also pre St. George now. That's amazing. I did it all remotely, exactly like I've done this. So she is available 20 hours a week live on our website, and they're all times in the calendar. And you can go on live and ask questions live, live. Wow. That's amazing. Every single week. And then on top of that, there's another 15 hours a week where we have little groups of five people, and you can submit your videos. And Megan or I get on there with you, look at your video and give you pointers. Wow. And you could do that. That's like amazing. Two or three times a week if you wanted. It's, it's amazing. That's and, incredible. And my goal is to make, educate people so that you guys can ride, so that you're not just a mirror image of who you're coaching with at the time, that you have your own information and you can make your own decisions and that your bits that make you you can come out in your riding and that if I teach you how to get your horse on the bit, that you don't need me again 10 years later to get your new horse on the bit. You actually know how mm. to do it. And you and 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 it real life lessons, I believe, don't work. Because you're on a horse, what you need is information. But when you're riding a horse, you've got 45 minutes for somebody to give you the information you need whilst 
trying to keep you on, trying to um, keep you excited, trying to make your horse not spook at the mirror, et cetera, et cetera. It's not possible. So what I think everybody should do is learn theoretically, watch videos and get Mm. good eyes so that people can go, that's not right and these are the reasons why, in a way that you can think and understand. And then when you can do it to what you think you're able to do it, you get, yay, I'm getting it, then you go to a coach and you say, this is what I'm working on, this is what I think is happening, is it? And that your coaching becomes eyes on the ground. Otherwise, we Mm -hmm. tell you what to do, but you never learn. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's what the Dressage Institute is about. It's about people actually becoming independent to their coaches. And that you only have to learn one part once, not one part for every horse you ever own. Yeah. And, 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 and I believe it. I'm not particularly talented in any way, shape or form. It all comes from theory. Megan, um, you know, she's, she's definitely not a sports person. She's a normal person with normal problems, normal issues and a normal mindset as well. I must, I, you know, I have to acknowledge my mindset is, is vastly different to the general public. Megan's isn't. And neither's tapped. <laughs> both of them have succeeded better doing this than ever than, than in life. It's it's so good. And also, guys, think about coaches. I want to change the sport to a point. Coaches, they're rude to us sometimes. They go on their mobile phones and don't pay attention sometimes. But that's not because they're bad people. It's because they're exhausted. And it's because they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel trying to make money all of the time. If they also grabbed onto this learning, so DI could teach their students and then they act as their students' eyes on the ground, they could make Mm. a lot more money because their clients will actually be succeeding so they want to spend money because they're actually succeeding and they don't have to work themselves to the bone where they're unable to be the best version of themselves. So I love that. At the beginning, I'm just trying to help riders, but eventually, ten-year plan changed the sport forever. I love mm. that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. It's so true because when we're, it's like when you're riding the horse, it's like there's so many things like half halt and all these different like terms. And if you don't actually understand what it is, right, what's the actual aid for it? And also why, why are we doing this? Right. And like, I think so many of us just kind of go through with kind of exactly what you were saying. Like we are supposed to already know this mm-hmm. or like, you know, especially because we are adult writers mm-hmm. and this has happened to me because I started my journey as an adult. Yep. So like, I felt like when I was going to different uh, coaches at a certain point, like they just expected me to know a lot of things already. Um, And then I kind of found myself like going to your writing success and like Googling like what it was that they were saying, you know, to kind of find an explanation. So I feel like it starts at the understanding in theory, right? Yes. 
It does. Let me let me read something to you. This is um, so I do lots of prototypes with my um, with my members, and currently what I've got is a prototype group where there's like ten or fifteen people in, the, in a WhatsApp group with me, and we talk every day for um, for a week. One of them, just give me a second. Okay, so she's having a lesson. Just let me read it, and then I'll just get long, and I'll write. Okay, here we go. So. Okay, so basically, I'm just recapping it because it's long. She's having a lesson with somebody and they've said to her, use your corners better. Use your corners better. And she's blanked out what she said and goes, use my corners better. What is she, what is she seeing? She's probably seeing that I'm losing the horse's quarters in the corners or I'm cutting the corner. So what I'm going to do is ride the corner deeper and think about my train track. And she did that and the coach went, excellent, good work. That's amazing. Half That's incredible. Half Holt, Kira Kirkland said it really well in a masterclass years ago that I was, I would have been a kid, but she said the half Holt is the rubbish bin of, um, don't quote me exactly word for word, but it's something like half halt is the rubbish bin of horse riding. People just say that when they need something to blame. <laughs> That's Kira Kirkland. We've got to love Kira. <laughs> and, and I remember that from years ago, but nobody even grabbed on to that. I don't even think I got put in an article. And, and the reason is, is because half halt is the most, whoever invented half halt, you're not half stopping. Why did anybody say that? All half halt is is rebalance. Can you imagine? Can you guys you guys can close your eyes and imagine this? Imagine going over. You're on a hack, and you're going out. You've come across this tiny little bridge, and it's about a meter wide. It's full of covered in ice. You've got horse with shoes on, and it's a it's a it's a 20, 20 foot drop either side with no rails. But you have no choice. You've got to cross that bridge. You've got to stay on it and you've got to cross it. You've got no pot. You're going to die if you don't. Can you imagine? Can you imagine all the little aids you'd be doing to adjust your horse to keep him on that bridge and make sure he doesn't step sideways, make sure he doesn't take too big a step, make sure he doesn't take too small a step, make sure he doesn't fall over? Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you pretty much clear, clearly see it? Like imagine crossing it and thinking how you'd use your reins, how you'd control his shoulders, where his head might be. Can you picture that? Yes. Yes. That's a half hole. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is a half hole. That's incredible. So it's kind of the feeling of like, it's almost like one thing, right? And it's almost like you are aware of everything that your horse is doing. Um, and it's like a feeling as well, right? right. It's, right. It's, it's ultimate control of exactly where all of your horse's feet are going. So, so mm. for example, the natural way your horse goes is his front feet are thinner than his hind legs. So even if he's standing in a straight line, his natural way is his hind legs will be slightly wider than his front legs, okay? The very first thing we start and change in dressage is that we make sure his hind legs are directly behind his front legs. That's just the very, very first basic 
thing we do when we're riding dressage when we very first first start is getting control and moving those hind legs to exactly in line with the two front legs. Hmm. I wonder how many of our listeners right now even knew that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. at such a basic level, like basic foundational level. It is. It is. You know, and when I was in Holland and Germany, one of the biggest things I noticed is there are a lot of not great riders. Sure. You know, every country has the people getting 58s and the people getting 60s, etc., etc. That there's a big fat butt. But in Holland and Germany, they make it to training pre St. George. In US, Australia, UK, they are lucky to break prelim. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference because in the other countries, right, to, to get on a team, you've got to be good. Money doesn't cut it. Right. Yeah, you, you can't really buy mm. yourself onto a Dutch team or buy yourself onto a German team. You've got to be good. So there's this real seek for professionals and then as you go down the levels for professionals to be very good at the sport. Whereas in Oz and the US and even Britain, you know, we forget that Britain isn't like Holland and Germany. We just have a few exceptional riders. But if they dropped off the perch, there's not much. Com- there's not much under that. You know, there's a right. drop from Charlotte and Lottie Fry to and and Carl to the next below that. Yeah, you know, um, and and that's what is missing with our sport is that real need to be great. As mm. an, as an Australian, as a US rider. You can get on a team with a 72, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're a German or a Dutch, you can't. So there's this deep need to be better, which then rolls mm. down to all of the levels. And that's what I really right. want to create for people. If you're not talented, like I'm not, you need to know your stuff. But if you know your stuff, you overtake the talented riders. And most coaches that are good don't want to be coaches. They want to be horse riders and they just be coaches to pay the bills. Yeah. You know? And and so it's hard. And and that's what I want to change for people so much because so many riders think that they're not getting there because their horse isn't good enough or they're not talented enough. Germany and Holland showed me you don't have to be talented. You don't have to have a good horse. If you've got a horse that can walk, trot, and canter, you can at least be training pre St. George at home. It's not yeah. unachievable. And training itself as well. I love that. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it with all my heart. I can't explain it to you enough. That's incredible. I love this so much. And I know that you actually have an amazing offer to our listeners, whoever is listening to this right now. Tell us a little bit about the, I I can't even, something so amazing. You guys just have to hear it from Alicia. Alicia, let us know what you're doing for our listeners. So let me explain this to you again, guys. One question you guys haven't asked me, which I'm just going to say, is 
Go for it. Why the hell do I do all this? Guys, this mm-hmm. isn't my job. My job, I'm in real estate. We have, we're, I'm a landlord. That's my job, right? This is not my job. This is my passion. And this is my passion because I don't want my three-year-old daughter to go, what does mummy and daddy do? And at the end of the day, what do mummy and daddy do? Screw around on our horses and our motorbikes. <laughs> right? And I live in London and I don't want my daughter to grow up a spoiled little brat going, oh, yes, mummy had to uh, sell her very <laughs> horse and uh, daddy fell off his very hard motorbike. Uh, yes. I want to show her that you can, that, that, that it's important to help people and it's important to do something for the world. Um, and this sport, you guys are in it. It's like a drug addiction. You can't give it up if you tried. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you've probably tried. Most people have. And it's not possible. Um, and I know that I can help people and I know that every single person has been where I have, where I, sorry, I've been where every single person has been at one point in my life. And I want to change the world so that my daughter is a good person. That's basically what it comes down to. And this is something I'm passionate about so I can get behind it. So that's why I'm doing it. The DI is now, Stress Art Institute is now launched and we've road tested it for the past 18 months with um, Natasha's members. So it works. It works amazingly. For the month of April, I mean, last year I think Tash and I gave away about $50,000 worth of stuff pretty crazy we want to do it again this year so in april anybody well actually no i think there isn't a limit there's a hundred people so it's not that many people a hundred people in the month of april can have dressage institute for free we do not take your credit card there is no catch the reason why it's a hundred is because it's not just a set and forget website that you watch videos i'm in it I help you. So I can't have 10,000 people turn up to a Zoom. I need it to be a manager. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't help you. So it's so that's why it's 100. You get to come, you get to register, you get it for free for the entire month and you get everything. You get to talk to me, you get to submit videos, you do everything. It's pretty cool. And I thought for your wow. members, Lux always helps me. So Lux of London, um, they make bridles and girds and all that sort of stuff. So what I thought I'd do is keep an eye on the socials. I think it starts on the 7th or so of April. And click on the link. Actually, I think I'll give you guys a link. So you can click on the link, become the free member for the month of April. And if you guys are listening to this podcast, send us an email. Tell us that you've joined the free membership and that you listen to the podcast, and tell me your story. All you've got to do is tell me your story when you came into DI for the free month and tell me your story and how it changed you at the end. And the top three stories, I will get, you'll get a share in $1,000 worth of luck stuff. Wow. That's Press incredible. Home. Yeah. My God. All you've got to do is do it for free and send two emails. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. We are just 
so over the moon and thanks for sharing as to why you're doing this. Like I, you've always been very philanthropic and, and that shines through everything that you do. Um, and we're just so grateful for you. Like we're, we're thankful that you exist on this planet and in our sport. Well, yes. my, my goal is to not be an anomaly. You know, at the moment I am. I love an anomaly. it. I want to, 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 to change the world. Um, you know, I, I went, I, ha- I have a dream of the Olympics too and I let go of that dream because I reached out to some of the top people in the sport for some help and they bullied me and they were rude and mm. I'd forgotten that that exists in this sport because I haven't, exp- I live in my Grand Prix bubble where everyone leaves me alone and <laughs> if I go to have a lesson, it's pretty nice. But then when I went to try to take it that next step further to say, hey, I want to get 80%, which would be another growth phase for me, I got the same things that I used to get back in the day and probably the same things that you get now from the top people in the sport today. And I thought to myself, I can't believe it still exists. And so now Mm. I'm more empowered than ever. I want to go out there and go compete against those people, not beat them because they're better than me. I'm not going to beat them. But what I do want to do is be alongside them within a, you know, within a reachable place that you guys that don't know me can trust me and can listen to me and that if you've got a choice between this Olympian's masterclass or mine, you can comfortably come to mine so that I can help you. And that's the one thing I don't have yet is that power of I'm an Olympian so you can believe me. So I'm literally going to be an Olympian just so you believe me. That's the only reason. <laughs> because I, So is that what you're working on now? Wow. Well, watch is this, that your next feat? Watch this space. Watch this space. It's that's um, amazing. It's in the works. It's in the works. It's um, fingers crossed yeah. it all comes through. But um, watch this space. But, but yeah, the, the, my motivation for me will not be me. The motivation for me is so that I can reach more people and you can have the confidence to listen. Because at the very, at the moment, I tend to get people that are on their last legs and they're struggling and they go, well, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to give it a go or I'm going to quit. What I'd like to do is to be able to reach people at the beginning and reach people so you never have that bad experience because you just don't need to have it. It's so unnecessary. Um, and, I, and I just can't explain how much I believe that. I, you know, I, I believe in it so much that we can change the sport. And, and a lot of my members say that it affects their general life as well because it's just a way of thinking. Yeah. You know, if someone's rude to you, you can either bark back at them or give them a hug. Mm. You know, That's it's very true. mindset of, of not doing what everybody else is doing. It just takes a couple of people to change the way we do things and not react to the way we're treated and do something differently for everything to change, everything, everything. Yeah. It's like the non-sexual me too of horses, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to be anymore. Me too. If, you, if you've had 10 years of lessons right. and you're 2% higher than you were 10 years ago, me too, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. I love so, that. So doable. That's amazing. 
Well, Alicia, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. You have shared the most valuable advice for our listeners, for Stephanie, for myself. We're so incredibly lucky to have you in the sport. Um, and, well, and thank you. Well, thank you, guys. Just to recap, can you just let our listeners know once again how they can reach you and the platforms that they can reach you on? Yes. So you can find us on Your Writing Success. YouTube is a great place to find us. So YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Your Writing Success. The Dressage Institute is just um, starting to go to the general public. So um, keep an eye on social media for those as well. Um, and if you want to be a part of the free membership for April, you just click on the link somewhere here, somewhere. Um, and then also email me at the beginning, tell me your story. Email at me at the end, tell me your new story. And the top three people will get a share in a thousand pounds worth of prizes. Amazing. Amazing. And Stephanie and I will make sure to include the email for our listeners as well. Yes. Yes. It's hello at your writing success. No, it isn't. I lie. It is hello <laughs> at institute.com. Oh, it's not even that either. Wait, I'm joking. Perfect. It's hello oh at dressageinstitute.com. Okay, we're going to write it out actually in this episode description. So if you are listening to this on whatever platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, click on the episode description and you will see the link to join the free month of April for the Dressage Institute and also the email, the correct email <laughs> to reach out to and share your story with Alicia and potentially win an amazing prize. So we will catch you guys on the next episode but we thank you so much again alicia for being here with us should we do a group by writing superstar yes okay so we'll do it are you ready? ready one go two, for it three bye writing superstars Thank you for listening in to this episode of Dressage Conversations. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you had some great takeaways to help you on your riding journey. If you're in the South Florida area, we would love to invite you to become a member of the SFDA if you are not already. You can learn more and join us by going to SouthFloridaDressageAssociation.org. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, happy riding! Happy riding!